So good morning, church. I am Katie. I am so glad to be back. I want to say thank you so much for your prayers and your cards and food. Some people brought over food, so thank you, thank you for bringing me. And I'm walking well, I would have to say. <laughs> so as we walk through this, uh, that we are going through the Psalms this summer, we're going to continue that journey here this morning. And since uh, walking is still a little bit rough for me right now, I would, uh, I wonder if you would mind, instead of physically walking through the Psalms, I have found that even though my leg might not be working just quite well right now, as I'm used to, thank the Lord that my mouth continues to work at lightning speeds. <laughs> so, here we go. So today we're going to be looking at the Psalm in 32, and Psalm 32, and we're going to be looking at just a portion of it, 8 through 11. And so this Psalm focuses on God's guidance in our lives. So a couple of questions I'll start with this morning for you all. Uh, How many of you would say that God guides you? Okay. That's it. Hey, hands again. I love it. Okay. Uh, Meaning that he is your compass, that he is your pilot, and you're the co-pilot. How many of you would say, you know, I'm partially guided by God. I'm kind of like, you know, doing well on my own for some times, and then every once in a while, sort of like a GPS, when I get lost, I call on him to guide me back on the path I'm at. Maybe some of you for that? And then, or thirdly, maybe some of you here this morning, just the thought of God guiding you, you're just like, what? I do it myself. Why would I have somebody else guide me? You know, it, it might be just a little scary to you. And so hopefully through this psalm this morning, you will see um, where, how God guides us. And not only does he guide us, but he, in this psalm, we're going to see instruction, a warning, and a promise. Okay, so what I found that this scripture gives us, it gives us a clear vision. If we trust God, he will guide us. But it takes some action on our behalf. We have to be obedient to his, list, to, to his leading, or like from the examples earlier, the navigation, and, and we have to pro- and the promise at the end is that we will be joyful and we will be full of peace and we will be content. Does that sound good? Sounds good to me. And so let me read it for you here this morning. Psalm 32, 8. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you and watch over you. Do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not come to you. Many are the woes of the wicked, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. And it concludes, Rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous. Sing, all you who are upright in heart. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Father God, I just thank you for this moment. I thank you that we are able to come before you here and worship you freely. I thank you that you uh, give us your word as your instruction, that we can follow it, that we can, it's readily available for us, to us, 24-7, to direct our path. Lord, help us to all have ears on this morning that hears your word. Lord, be with everyone present here this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So those words, as I was reading them this, this week and preparing for this, I thought, man, those words are like poetic. They're so beautiful. It really, the Psalms, it does, it is like a song. It's like a beautiful flowing song. 
And so this translation, the one I use, my Bible is an NIV. And I thought, well, you know what? I'm going to look up this, this psalm in the message. And it's interesting, Jerry, you used the message too in your prayer this morning. And the message is written by uh, Eugene Peterson. And he wrote the, that translation kind of to put it in today's terms for us. So if you want to see the psalm, I'm going to show you the psalm. On, it's 32.8, but we're going to read what the message, how, how he pronounces it. So it says this, let me give you some good advice. I'm looking you in the eye, and I'm giving it to you straight. Sound like Clint Eastwood to you? <laughs> kind of to me. And it goes on to say this. Don't be ornery, which means bad-tempered and combative, like a horse or a mule that needs a bit and bridle to stay on track. And it says, God-defiers are always in trouble, but God-affirmers find themselves loved every time they turn around. And it concludes like this. Celebrate God. Sing together, everyone. All you honest hearts, let's raise the roof. (laughs) So what do you think? Isn't that interesting? So the same scripture, right, in two different in two different versions. And so in both versions, whether we hear, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go, or if we hear, let me give you some advice, this is God talking to us. He's saying that he, the God of the universe, the beginning and end, will instruct you with good advice. Pretty good. And this is a promise from God. You see, God does not make mistakes in his guidance. He knows the end result, whether you choose to obey him or not. This promise that he is stating here is for everyone who believes in him. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. God knows you intimately. He created each and every one of you. He knows you perfectly. So with that understanding, I'm thinking that the odds of looking to God for guidance along this journey are hands down better than trying to set on on this journey on my own or on your own wisdom and direction. What do you think? Yeah. <laughs> and in Psalm 1-1, this is what it says there. It says, the person who does not follow the lead of other men is a happy man. That's good. Or in Psalm 31-3, David writes this. He says, since you are my rock and my fortress, for the sake of your name, lead and guide me. We've been talking about David throughout the Psalms this whole summer. And as we, as we found out, David was... Sometimes in trouble. Sometimes he was dependent. He was dependent all the time upon God in his life, and that there was times where he was hiding and found himself in a cave, hiding, hiding away. But he was like praying in the Psalms and saying, "God, you will guide me, instruct me." Or maybe it was a time where he was dancing with joy and he was just praising the Lord as God guides him down a different path. And so God will counsel us. What He desires is a relationship with each one of us, in which He knows. And this is confidence here, people, because there's not many, nobody that knows this. He knows our past, he knows our present, and he knows our future. And so with that type of knowledge, we would be foolish, really, not to trust him with all of our hearts and lean not on our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him and he will make our path straight. Does that sound familiar to you? 
That comes from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. That's good stuff. And so as I was, if you've noticed this morning, there's kind of an overwhelming theme here. And the, the one word that I'm focusing, that I focused on this week is the word trust. And so if you look up the definition in the Webster Dictionary, that's that old thing. <laughs> I actually went on the web and looked it up. But um, in the Webster Dictionary, <laughs> tells us that trust is this. Belief that someone or something is reliable, good, honest, effective, etc. Right? So that is trust by definition. So I thought that's good, but I'm like, I want to do some more research. What do other people think the word trust is? And I came across this on a blog, and she wrote this. Trusting is so much more than having a belief in something or someone. Trusting has much to do with certainty. It is knowing absolutely 100% that if we have complete safety in whatever we place our trust in, trust is resting, brothers and sisters. Not sleepful rest, but the spiritual kind of rest, which is blessed. And it gives us a blessed assurance that all is well within my soul that the one I place my trust in. How do you like that definition? That's good. And so now in the scripture, we move on. So we saw the instruction in the first part of the psalm. And now the second part of the psalm, it moves on and it tells us is a warning in this verse. And this is in verse 9. And it says this, Do not be like the horse or mule, which have no understanding, but must be controlled by bit and bridle, or they will not even come to you. So as I was reading this, I thought, well, this is a good description for us here in Paso, right? How many of you have horses? How many of you have been around horses? Okay, I have a few. Okay. So we have horses, or you live around horses, you know about horses. And so to guide a horse, you must put a bit or bridle in its mouth, correct, to control the direction in which you want it to go. And I... Hope you don't mind my stories, but I'm going to stop here for a moment. I got to tell you a story. Okay. So when I was around eight years old, I had what you would call an obsession with horses. I was, um, I loved horses and I wanted a horse so very bad, but that probably wasn't happening since we lived in an apartment. And so, um, <laughs> so um, anyhow, I, I wore, uh, back then it was really um, popular to wear iron-on shirts. Y'all remember that? Okay. So I had iron-on shirts with horses on it. Everyone I can find, I bought. And so I had iron-on shirts and I had, um, for my birthday, all I wanted was the those little horses that you can get down at farm supplies. You can collect all the different ones. I don't know if you remember those. Yeah. And so I had those. I thought that was fantastic. And then my birthday came around. I was like, I need a horse birthday party. And so I had a horse cake and it was just fantastic. And then this day came along and my mom comes to me and she says, you know, Katie, I'm not going to be able to get you after school and you're going to need to take your, your, the bus from now on to your aunt's house. And I was like, are you kidding me? score. This is fantastic. Because guess what? My aunt lived on a farm in Napomo. Yay. So my question to you, guess what animal she owned? Yes, horses. So I could not wait to get off the bus and run down the sandy road to the barn. Now, here's the instruction and the guidance. Now, I was instructed and guided 
not to ride the horses. I could brush them. I could hang out with them. I could sing songs to them. I could do whatever, right? But just you're not allowed to get on them and ride them, Katie. All right. And so one day I decided this brushing thing was getting kind of old. And so I looked at the horse and her name was Madeira. And so I said, hey, Madeira, are you bored? And she said to me, yes, I'm bored. How about a ride? And so I said, okay, fantastic. So guess what I did? Yeah. And I saddled her up and off we went and on our own journey. And I decided on my very own, not listening to any wise instructions. And there's Katie, probably nine by now, trotting this horse down the road all by myself. And since I didn't listen to any wise instruction, which would have included that the particular horse, Madeira, was just purchased recently from a farm a few miles away. Yeah. Um, maybe our horse people, but apparently they get a smell to their old home. So here I am on this horse trotting down. Everything's good and wonderful. And then she gets a smell. And then all of a sudden she bucks me off. I land on the ground. My wind is knocked out of me. And by the time I come to and whatever, guess where the horse is? Gone. The horse is gone. Nowhere to be found. The, and so... I had no understanding that Madeira had taken the path directly to the old owner's place. So I walked alone back to my aunt's house and had to wait to tell her that I had lost her horse. (laughs) What I didn't know was that the owner had already called her to tell her that Madeira was at his place. So, boy, did I learn a lesson that day. (laughs) that I cannot rely on my own understanding, and I probably need to listen to guidance. And I'm sure God was watching me the entire time saying, really, child, again? You know? <laughs> and on top of that whole thing, I was forbidden ever to ride horses again, and so if I would have only chosen to brush the horse instead. So <laughs> I conclude with this. In verse 10 and 32, it goes, There are many sorrows for those who will not listen to God's teaching and God's guidance. (laughs) That was my sorrow. However, as we turn now and we go into the scripture, we turn at this pivotal moment. So now we've been in God's instruction and we've heard a little bit of his warning, right? And he gives us this great example of a horse. And then now we go into God's promise. And this is really cool. And the wording is used is but here. So we can tell that there's a little churning that is trying to tell us. So, but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the man who trusts in him. And so if you think about that word right there, surrounds, we hear in this section, it surrounds means protection on, on, on each side. That God's love to each and every one of us surrounds us everywhere we go. No matter where we go on this journey, no matter if we decided to take a horse out that we weren't supposed to, right? Or whatever that may look like in your life. Maybe whatever problem that you have faced or you're facing right now, that God's love surrounds you as we lean on him for his guidance. That no matter whatever heartache that you've been through, that God's love surrounds you. And that no matter what burden that you carry, that his love surrounds us, but there's an obedience to that. His love surrounds us as we trust in him. 
And I want to tell each and every one of you here this morning that God, the creator of the universe, he is fully committed to each and every one of you. And so the psalm goes and it concludes this. It says, with rejoice in the Lord and be glad, you righteous, and seeing all you who are upright, because joy, contentment, and peace, they are all yours if you follow him. We can walk through whatever life throws our way. And I'm sure if I sat down with each and every one of you, you could probably all tell me your stories of life that is what life has thrown your way. And they're real. But, we, but as we rely on God and as we trust in God and as we trust in his guidance and we remain on that path, then our response can be that of rejoicing and singing or what the message told us this morning of raise the roof. Because we know that God's love, we trust in him and his God's love is surrounding us at all times on this journey. And so I started this morning with a question and I want to end today with a quick question to you. So first one, whom are you listening to? Who are you following? Are those things, voices, stuff, people, are they leading you to loving kindness, surrounding loving kindness? Or are those things leading you to sorrow? And so as we talked here this morning, I'm assuming, you know, that in order, remember how I asked you before, that if God is guiding you in your life, and most of you raise your hand, there might be some of you here this morning that this is all new to you. And, or some of you here this morning that, yeah, God is guiding me, but I've been on the wrong path, Katie. I've taken the wrong path for a little while, and I'm ready to put my feet back on the path that's a straight, right? That he directs my path like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And so if you stand in either one of those camps, there's three camps, right? If you stand in the camp of God's guiding me, I realize it is hard and I'm just trusting in Jesus. Or you stand in this camp here is, yeah, God's guiding me, but I've kind of got off the path and I only use him when I really need him and I need to really get back on that path. Or if you stand in the path over here that you're like, wow, that's a little scary, this whole God thing, but I'm ready to give my life to Christ. So I would like to pray this prayer here this morning with each and every one of you, no matter which camp you stand in. And let the Holy Spirit direct and guide your hearts. So let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your word. Your word is sharp. It's able to cut through the deepest marrow. It is living. And Father God, no matter what camp that we place ourselves in right now, one, two, or three, Lord, if, I, if there is somebody here this morning that has never trusted the Lord as their God, as their Savior, as their Redeemer, I want to tell them that it's so easy. It's very easy. You just admit that you're a sinner and that you're in the need of a Savior, and that is Jesus Christ. That you believe that he died and rose again, and he seated at the right hand of the throne of God our Father. And that you choose him. As I told you before, as we heard and before, that he knows everything. He's omniscient. 
There's nothing hidden from him. And he chose you from the beginning. And he just, he never forces himself upon anybody because he is a God of love. That's his deity. That is who God is. And so he waits for us to choose him. And it's those three things. You ask that and God is with you. And for us who have who have received God as our Savior, but we've kind of just walked off the path and we've been out letting other voices and other things lead us. Lord God, I just pray that you would take our little stubby toes and put them right back on that path. And Lord God, for all of us who are, for us this morning that it says, yes, God, we're following you as best as we can. I pray that we would feel an extra anointing of trust in our souls this week as we lean on you. And we thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. In Jesus' name, amen.